Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. All right, prep it up until the last second here. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. There is so much happening. Let me just be blunt and honest with you. I know information I can't share with you today as of this hour. And there is stuff breaking literally as we speak. Maybe it'll happen by the end of the program. Maybe it won't. Hannity, that is an awful thing to say. I thought we were friends and we bond. We're a family on this radio show. We are. But there are times when somebody says to you that, you know, you got to keep your mouth shut. You know, what am I? Hannity says he's not a journalist. Well, not a traditional journalist, but I do journalism, advocacy journalism, opinion journalism. Uh, this, you know, being a talk show host, it's a multifaceted job. I mean, some days we're, we're doing straight on interviews, straight up. Like a journalist with a capital J. Um, and other times we're doing combat radio. And other times we're doing debate radio. And other times we're just goofing around and having fun. And it's all under the heading of being a talk show host. And the only thing I can tell you, as it relates to a whole variety of issues, 
especially this Fusion GPS dossier, and especially this Uranium One deal, and especially the information that we have now that as it relates to the FBI informant and the push now to get not only a special counsel, we got three three congressional groups now looking at two two House groups, Oversight Reform Committee, and then you got Grassley's group. And now Grassley today is calling for a probe into Hillary's Uranium One scandal. Why? Because now we've got the evidence. Now we have the information. Now we have the emails. Now we have the documents. Now we have the FBI informant. If we just take the muzzle off this poor guy and allow this guy to tell the truth. And one of the people responsible is Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller was in charge of the FBI at the time. He had to know all of this was happening. And the same with Rod Rosenstein was in charge of this investigation. How did they ever get in a position that they're investigating anything Russia? How did that ever happen? Now, Charles Grassley today says, and we, he's the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, he's calling for the appointment of a special prosecutor. Rod Rosenstein can't be the person that decides. And the attorney general now has got a lot of work in front of him. And he's got to get moving. I have not seen enough movement out of the attorney general's office. But anyway, I'm just hoping that happens. And one of the first things, look, there's two specific things they need to do right now. We need to get the gag order lifted off of this FBI informant. And then the second thing we've got to do, if you're looking into Trump and Russia collusion, all right, somebody go to Great Britain and the Ecuadorian embassy and ask the one person we know on earth where the emails dossier, in that case, where the DNC emails, the where did they come from? The only person that we know knows for sure is a guy by the name of Julian Assange. And he wants to make a deal with the federal government. He doesn't want to be arrested the minute he walks outside that embassy. So if the American people get the truth, get the facts, get the information, and he has incontrovertible, overwhelming evidence that shows where it came from, I think we have a right to know the truth after all these accusations have been made here. Now, the Democrats, all this has been as a witch hunt. And as I predicted and is now unfolding before their eyes is a nightmare scenario for them because it is now boomeranging back right on to them. And what we're discovering here is that it was collusion, but it was collusion between the Russians and Hillary Clinton and the DNC. What we're learning is, is they sacrificed American national security, sacrificed at the altar of money being kicked back to the Clinton Foundation and to the Clintons personally. What we're discovering is, is that everybody in this was up to their eyeballs in it, and it never made sense, did it? When did it ever make sense to give 20 percent of America's uranium to Vladimir Putin, the hostile regime, Russia, Moscow? Why would anybody ever do that knowing and now we know that they knew in 2009 that Vladimir Putin had set out with the very purpose of getting a hold of American uranium so that he could be the nuclear power player in the world. And he used bribes and kickbacks and money laundering and extortion to do it. And the FBI knew about it. They knew about it in 2009. That means Robert Mueller knew. That means Eric Holder knew. That means Rod Rosenstein knew. That means everybody knew. And Hillary Clinton certainly knew when she signed off. And so did Eric Holder. And all these lies that were being told. It's just like, for example, on the dossier. Clinton paid for the Kremlin dirt on the dossier. And James Comey, 
he wanted to pay Christopher Steele $50,000 plus to work for the FBI. I've never seen more corruption in my life. And it's like I've been sitting here like a lone voice in the wilderness trying to tell everybody this is really, really, really bad. And I'm not alone. I mean, got to give full credit. Peter Schweitzer's coming up today. He broke the Uranium One story in his best-selling book, Clinton Cash. I remember when I first read the book and interviewed him. I had the first TV and radio interview with the guy like we always do. And I was shocked. And I've, we've stayed on it. Then you've got to give credit to Sarah Carter and John Solomon. And they're investigative reporting on all of these issues. And then, to be honest, I don't think if we if we didn't push these stories as hard as we've been pushing, I'm not sure we'd be at the point where we are today. The FBI literally watched in 2009 Russian spies attempting to get and achieving getting close to Hillary Clinton at the State Department and getting uranium one, 20 percent of America's uranium. By the way, now they're even now they've decided to do it all. Now, finally, they're looking into the crime she committed with the server in the mom and pop shop and the deleted emails, which was obstruction of justice and the broken blackberries and the bleach bid and the acid washing and the thirty three thousand. Oh, about a wedding, a funeral and my husband's emails, which was all a big lie in yoga. We've been lied to so much. And I'll tell you who comes out. The Democrats come out on the worst side of this now, as they should. And the media, there I, I can't even explain how, how corrupt these people are. Once your eyes open to the level of corruption in the media, you can't close them. You know, and this is not, there is a reason, and I'm going to tell you what it is. On this program, we'll never get credit, and I'm not looking for credit. But this, this is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do every day. Any chance you guys could put the air conditioning on for me? I am sweating of we can. up a storm in here. Um, thank you. Uh, we were right about Obama. Newt Gingrich called me when I'm vetting Obama 2007 and 8 as the radical acorn. Frank Marshall Davis, a Linskyite disciple and, and Church of GD America and Re- Reverend Wright and, and heirs and Dorn. And he said, you're probably blowing up your career. Literally said that to me. And I said, well, I got That's the right thing to do. Nobody else is doing it. You know, we had the only interview it was in 2007 in March of of the Reverend Jeremiah Wright. You know, I learned that lesson when I was in Atlanta and and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution comes out with, well, Richard Jewell fits the profile of the lone bomber. He lives with his mother. And I was on the air at the time, didn't know that Richard Jewell was listening to me and it taught me a big lesson. And I said, well, so what? He lives with his mother. It's none of our business that he lives with his mother. And it turned out that I was like the only person. And he gave me one of the first interviews he ever did after it was proven innocent and proved to be a hero. You know, just like, you know, Obama rushed to judgment. The Cambridge police acted stupidly wrong, just like Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman. You know, we actually took our time with that case and we waited for facts and evidence. Same with the Michael Brown case. Same with hands up, don't shoot, which never happened. The media is wrong on all of these cases. I said from the get go, there's no way any cop in Baltimore is going to end up being convicted of a crime. We said because we look at the evidence and the facts the media, it's like one big, massive group think, and they only see through the prism of their rigid ideology, and they're all liberal, radically liberal. How can we be right so often and they be so wrong? And the same with Donald Trump. Well, go back and watch election night coverage. It was like a funeral on every channel. 
It was like a funeral. I'll never forget <clears throat> my friend, my buddy, Bill Shine. He asked me, oh, I'm good. He asked me the day before election day. I never, I never have worked in my 23 years. Now I'm in my 23 year, third year at Fox election nights. And by the way, some people think, Hannity, don't you want to be on that? I don't want to be on that night because I have like a million computers, a million televisions. If you're in my house, you don't want to interrupt me on election nights because I am like focused. I am in the zone like that. My whole staff had a party right here in the studio. Somebody got <laughs> a little punchy. I heard rumors and I'm home and I literally am on my computers and I'm looking in Florida, typing in, typing in. All right. What's Palm Beach County? What's uh, Broward County? Uh, what about Southwest Florida, Naples, Fort Myers? Let's go up here to the panhandle. Let's check out Cuyahoga County in, in Ohio, uh, Hamilton County down in Ohio. You know, what were the numbers in 2008, 2000 and 2000, 2004, 2012? OK, let's compare it. What do we need to get the win to get the state? That's what I do all night. Because there's a part of me that is a little bit crazy. Um, but I live and breathe this. And Bill Shine called. He goes, you got to call in. You, you said this was going to happen. You saw it. Nobody else. Call in. And I didn't want to call in. I said, I'm bi- I, had, I actually said to him, I had three beers. I can't call in. I, I can't call in. Which, by the way, was a lie. I was not drinking. I said, I had three beers. I can't. Call in now. I said, well, first he told me, go to your studio down the block and get in the studio right now. And I said, I am not putting makeup on and a jacket. I am busy working. And he goes, so I called in, and that was the only part of the coverage. It wasn't a funeral, <laughs> except, no, we have some great reporters there. They're doing their job reporting in terms of, but there were people on the air that were like in a funeral mode because nobody saw it coming. Why are we getting it right and the media is getting it wrong? Why are they wrong on Russia? Why did they lie on Russia? Why did they not see the 20% of America's uranium was a bigger deal than they said? Why did they focus on what is, I, I, am, I am so tempted to reveal this information because this, things are happening right now that I am telling you are massive as it relates to both of these stories. The dossier, fusion, GPS story. Things are happening right now as it relates to the Uranium One story. And let me tell you something. All these people that I have been calling out on radio and TV all of these months, they are all blanking in their pants right now, shaking in their boots, if you will, because they've known for a long time that they've been lying. They know what they did. They know that the media has been working on their behalf, lying for them, because they've been feeding their willing accomplices in the meeting these lies. I've got so much more to say. I got to take a break. By the way, Peter Schweitzer is here. He actually broke the Uranium One story, and it's going to blow. It could happen any minute. There's there's things happening that I know are happening that I can't share with you. And I know you hate me for saying that, but I'm just telling you, just sit tight. As a matter of fact, tweet out uh, TikTok, TikTok uh, on my what on my Twitter account because there's a say multiple TikToks. Stay tuned, TikTok, TikTok. Every time I do it, everyone in the media. But this is real. By the way, didn't I pick this TikTok perfectly? Oh, maybe Hannity's not so dumb after all. Maybe we should pay attention to him. No, they hate me. You know what they want? To do? They want me dead and buried and off the air tomorrow. 
Somebody wrote me last night, Hannity, you better watch it. The Russians are going to be following you. I'm like, I'm sure they do. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Hey, guys, you know how much I love Tommy John's underwear, undershirts, and their socks. They are the best. Yet, you know what? We're getting a lot of feedback from Hannity listeners, too. And guess what? Tommy John sent me a few testimonials from real live Sean Hannity Show listeners. So I'm going to share them with you. Dave says, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they have actually changed my life. Mark says, great materials, great fit, a great example of how doing something very basic, very well can make a surprisingly positive impact on the quality quality of life. And Gary says, my grumpy stepfather actually thanked me for the gift of Tommy John's. That's a first in the 40 years I've known him. Louise says, my husband is walking, bending, and lifting all day. This is the first pair of underwear that doesn't roll down and ride up. He loves them. Now you've heard the reviews. What are you waiting for? You have nothing to lose with Tommy John. It's the best pair you'll ever wear. It's free, guarantee. Just go to TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. You get 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. 20% off. This needs to be investigated. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I, I listened to part of the previous segment on the on the Fusion GPS. Never forget, Brian Pagliano was the guy who set up the now famous Clinton private server. He took the fifth in front of the Benghazi committee when we brought him in for a deposition. And now we have Fusion GPS taking the fifth. Christopher Steele, the people who looks like who were paid by the Clinton team and the DNC to gather information on President Trump. I think maybe President Trump is right. The real scandal seems to be all these things that we're now going to appropriately look into. So uh, it, it's, it's interesting to me. So many people around Secretary Clinton seem to take the fifth after she pays them to do something, either setting up a mm. private server or investigating President Trump. Uh, this was the Democrats coming up with an excuse for losing an election. It's an election that's very hard for a Democrat to lose because the Electoral College is set in such a way that it's very hard to lose that election for a Democrat. They lost it. They lost it very badly and very easily. I mean, you look at the votes. It was 306 to what, 223 or something. They lost it by a lot. They didn't know what to say, so they made up the whole Russia hoax. Now it's turning out that the hoax has turned around, and you look at what's happened with Russia, and you look at the uranium deal, and you look at the fake dossier, so that's all turned around. It's all turned around. And it's all it's I'm telling you, we're only touching the surface. Now, think about this for a minute. Watch the DNC officials now. They can't run fast enough away from Hillary Clinton. DNC. Now, I'm telling you, Tom Proud, I didn't do it. I had nothing to do. I didn't know. No, I knew nothing. I knew everybody's. I knew nothing. Clinton's spokesman won't deny Hillary authorized the funding for Fusion GPS. That came out today. Hillary's Trump dossier law firm, also represented, by the way, just a side note, bin Laden's bodyguard. Clinton campaign paid for the research. Now, just think think through this for a second. If they paid for the research, what was that research? Was that was remember Sarah Carter broke the story about the warrants against the Trump campaign. James Comey, James Comey wanted to pay Christopher Steele, who was paying Russians for the phony information in the dossier. The, is that where they got the warrant from so that they can unmask and surveil and then release intelligence? Mueller is in deep trouble right now today because he knew the whole time about what had happened as it relates to this Uranium One deal. I'm telling you, it's all going to come together. Just be patient. It's a puzzle. What do you think of when you hear the word Lutheran? 
Do you think liberal, women in clerical collars, gay marriage, social justice warriors? Find out how the 16th century Lutheran Reformation was really a conservative movement intent on reform, not revolution. With the podcast Issues Etc., IssuesETC.net, Real Reformation Radio, IssuesETC.net, IssuesETC.net. TikTok. Glad you're with us. 26 now till the top of the hour. We got in a little early by getting rid of our liner. Uh, the Sean Hannity Show. Toll free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Um, all right. So there's big, ish, big things happening as we speak, both on the Uranium One front and on the phony dossier front. And there's things happening that I can't tell you. I'm just telling you it's moving in the right direction. It's moving in the direction of getting truth. It's moving in a direction that there's going to be a massive, massive moment, moments coming where many of my colleagues in the esteemed media, fake news people, I, I, I just I honestly think that they're not capable of admitting how wrong they've been. I just don't think they will. They're just going to gloss right over it. They don't, they don't care about truth anymore. They care more about whether they're right, they're wrong, and they're advancing their ideology. There's something really wrong with that mindset. But if you think about how did we get to a point, well, Russia's a hostile actor. Then you think of all the things that happened just in the dossier case. And you got an MI6 guy. And there was a Republican that maybe for a short period of time wanted some dirt on Donald Trump. And anyway, so what do you got? You got this guy, Christopher Steele. And Christopher Steele is paying Russians to get dirt on Donald Trump. Comes up with this explosive dossier. Uh, we're told John McCain, you know, gave it to the FBI. The media went insane, believing, wanting to believe everything in the dossier. Now, if you put the common sense smell test to all these things that have gone on, it never added up. Donald Trump is a germphobe. He just is. Now, honestly, he doesn't care anymore. But over the years, he's been like, oh, shaking people's hands. That's how you get sick. And by the way, it's how you get sick. It's just a fact. And everybody in politics, here's a little dirty secret they'll never tell you is if they're on the campaign trail, it is somebody's job on their staff. As soon as they get behind closed doors and you are out of view of you, it's and they've been doing shaking hands and all that, somebody's job is to literally walk up to them and squirt their hands with Purell. Oh, really? Yes. I even say to the president, don't bother, don't shake my hand. Because he's shaking everybody's hand. He doesn't care, though, anymore. He just doesn't care. But that's a, that's a fact in politics. And... There is, so you, you had to believe that this dossier, and we're putting a montage together for Hannity tonight, and the montage is going to be very simple. All of those people with breathless enthusiasm reporting the truth of the, the dossier. They all lied. It was all Russian-paid misinformation, propaganda, and lies that they ran with because they so hate Trump and they wanted to advance their ideology. Now we see the DNC, now that we know that Hillary Clinton paid for the Kremlin dirt on Trump, and they denied it. 
and they denied it again and again and again. Shocking. The Clintons lied to us again and again and again. It puts everything into question. Was this dossier used as a means to get information about the Trump campaign? Was the dossier used as a means to go to court? Was it used as a connect to the surveillance, unmasking, releasing intelligence aspect of things? You know, what was it used for? Who used it? Why did James Comey want to pay Christopher Steele 50 grand? Why did the Democrats quote this almost every time they were on TV? Two hookers urinating on Donald Trump's bed at the Ritz in Moscow. As Donald Trump has said, he's never met the Russians except that he did one pageant there. And he probably wasn't even there very much. So the Clinton spokespeople now won't deny the authorization. Brian Fallon, who's now a CNN contributor, shocking. He said that he didn't know that they were funding the dossier prior to the report last night by the Washington Post. Hey, Brian, if you watch Fox News and listen to this radio program, you can learn an awful lot about how corrupt your former boss was. You don't believe Hillary Clinton knew about this either. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I I up in the campaign be informed of this? Well, I mean, she may have known, but uh, the degree of exactly what she knew is 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 beyond my knowledge. For instance, like yeah, it could have been my that, uh, a decision was made to authorize Perkins Cooley to do some kind of commission, some kind of research, mm-hmm. but then decisions about uh, you know going out and finding Fusion GPS, finding Christopher Steele. I mean, she may or may not have been aware of that level of detail. I don't know. No, they just uh, but, they just uh, paid for the Kremlin. By the way, this is taken right out of Sid Vicious Blumenthal's book. This is who the Clintons are. They're never changing. Now the DNC, their current chairman, Tom Perez, and the new leadership of the DNC, oh, we weren't involved in any. We had nothing to do with this. And they're now claiming their new leadership, they had nothing to do with the funding of the Trump dossier. Because to do that, you would have to have been advancing propaganda, misinformation, and lies. That, that's the whole point. You would have had that's what you would have had to be doing. Wait a minute. Isn't that collusion with the Russians paying for phony information to hurt your political opponent? Oh, to impact the American people's thought process during an election. Oh, where have we heard all this before? Who have we heard all this from? But the Clinton campaign, the DNC did pay for this. Now, is this in any way connected to Debbie Wasserman Schultz's firing? You got you to look and put all these pieces together. We don't have all the answers yet, but it's begin, trust me, there's so much at this minute. I can tell you there are things going on that are going to impact these stories. Right now, this second, this minute, people are discussing it at very high levels. Now, the DNC, they paid for the, did Debbie Wasserman, was that on her computer maybe? Just the thought. She worked so hard to get that computer back yelling at that comp. And then, of course, the broken hard drives from uh, Imran Awan in in his in his uh, whatchamacallit garage. And then does is it impact any way why they deleted thirty three thousand emails? Is that maybe part of was it really not about yoga, a wedding, a funeral and talking to her husband, Bill, who doesn't email? Those are all questions we've got to ask and have answered. But we do know that Hillary Clinton now and the DNC and the Washington Post has finally caught up to us. I'd like to welcome the Washington Post to the dance. Where have you been? The Washington Post that put me on the front cover of, by the way, you know what they did? They, they went back for nine weeks 
recently, the Washington Post, and I didn't talk about it at the time on purpose, they went back nine weeks and called everybody they could find in my life to try and hurt me and take me down. Nine weeks. Why would you put Sean Hannity on the front cover of the Washington Post? That makes no sense to me. Nine weeks calling, and, and, they, and then they said, would you like to comment? I said, I think I'll pass, you know, because they'd already written the story. The story was done. Well, when you were 20-some-odd years old in your first radio show, you said controversial, stupid things. I'm like, the Daily Mail called me about it, and I said, yeah, I was pretty dumb, stupid. I was horrible at it. I'm embarrassed by it. I'm like, okay, yeah, what do I know at 20-some-odd years old how to do radio? I didn't know what I was doing. Nobody does. When the, let's see Matt Lauer's first TV tape. I'm sure it's a, a, a brilliant work of artistry. So Hillary paid for the Steele report. The swamp. Was it used by anybody in the Obama administration? What was it used for? Did it lead to unmasking? Did it lead to surveillance? Did it lead to intelligence leaking? Did it lead to Debbie Wasserman Schultz's firing? When is it, when is Mueller going to get off his ass? Well, he should actually recuse him himself because he knew about the evidence as it relates to Uranium One. He knew about all of it because he was the FBI director at the time. He knew about all of it, as did Rod Rosenstein. They knew about 20% of America's uranium. Now, again, the common sense smell test. Does, did it make sense that anyone would ever give 20% of America's uranium, the foundational material, uranium and plutonium, two things you're not going to give Vladimir Putin? Why didn't the media ever care about that? Why did We stayed on the story. I've stayed on it now for two years. We did the first interview. Peter Schweitzer broke the story in his book, Clinton Cash. And more recently, it's all been Sarah Carter and John Solomon. And they're getting the crap beat out of them like I do every day. And I'm like, welcome to the club by the liberal, lazy, overpaid media that doesn't do their job. So now what do we We know that, you know, this all happened. We know that money was kicked back to the Clinton Foundation. We're learning now that. The Obama administration, many in the Obama administration, still have to testify as it relates to the issue of what did they know and when did they know it. Now, I know that we have two House committees looking into Uranium One. That's good. And we've got a Senate committee looking into Uranium One. But I kind of agree with Charles Grassley. We need the appointment of a special prosecutor to investigate this because Bill Clinton, he actually went to Russia. And he went and he supported and spoke out in favor of the Uranium One deal. And he asked his own wife's State Department for permission to meet with Russian nuclear officials. And then he also, when, it, when they, there was a back and forth, they didn't get the answers. Well, he just went straight to Vladimir himself. And he got paid twice his normal speaking fee. Doesn't any of this seem odd to you? Why would Hillary Clinton, as one of nine people, Eric Holder, who knew, Eric Holder knew, and this is where the corruption is, that we had FBI informants that had infiltrated this network that was set up by Vladimir Putin to corner the market on uranium for Russia. They knew it in 2009, and they had evidence in 2009, and they had emails in 2009, and they had documents in 2009, and they had recordings in 2009, and they had an informant inside of all this in 2009. And this guy has a gag order on him right now. Lift the gag order. Let this man talk. The problem is the minute he talks, 
there are going to be people that go to jail. It's frustrating, but it's I'm I'm very much at peace today. Let me put it that way. I'm feeling good today. Because finally, we have been going on about this forever. How did $145 million from these players get kicked back to the Clinton Foundation? We knew in 2009 of bribery. We knew in 2009 about extortion. We knew in 2009 about money laundering. We knew all of these crimes, a, a criminal racket was set up to get to the Clintons and people fighting and, and, and spies working hard and, and ingratiating themselves to big Clinton donors to get to Hillary at the State Department. Eric Holder, they never told the American people, the Obama administration, I am betting this was all in Obama's presidential daily briefing. I'd bet any amount of money that that's true. Obama knew. I am almost certain. Holder knew. Hillary knew. Where did that money, the $145 million, I know that they say it came from the Canadians that were involved in the deal, but was it really their money? Or did the money get laundered in Latvia or in America somewhere? If you pay very close attention to me, I'm giving you all very big clues. Pay very close attention. So now we've got to get to the bottom of this. Now, here's an interesting flashback. The former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton facilitated the transfer of this enriched uranium previously confiscated by the Department of Energy during a 2006 nuclear smuggling uh, sting uh, operation. Anyway, do you know that all of this information, if you look at all of the players, Rod Rosenstein can't look at anything involving Russia because he knew a bribery, racketeering, extortion, money laundering was happening with Russia. How did he appoint Mueller? And Mueller was the FBI director, and they had the FBI informant. How are these people, how can they investigate anything Russia? You know, I have some of my closest friends saying, Hannity, you're you're pushing it to the edge here. They're going to come after you. All right, well, let them come after me. Because at the end of last year, when I was supporting the president and fighting hard that he would win this election, as hard as I could... There were people that were writing my obituary in terms of my career. Newt Gingrich told me in 2007 and eight, you got to stop. You're pushing too hard on Obama's radical associates. He goes, I'm just, as a friend, I love you. I don't want you to go down. We need your voice, he said to me. And I didn't stop. I'm not stopping. That's not what we do. And I'm just, I always say I'm a spoke in a wheel. Linda's a spoke. Ethan's a Jason. And Sunshine over there is getting meaner by the day got McLaughlin blood in her. I can feel it. You know, this is what Fox does differently. This is why they want a lot of us silenced and off the air. Because we're reporting news and information you're not going to get anywhere else. You know, this is hilarious. There's a report out. Iran is now considering pulling out of the nuclear deal. That's like, okay, Donald Trump says he's going to pull out. That's, that's like Donald Trump supporting Kelly Ward. And then Snowflake saying, I'm getting out because of Donald Trump when he's down 26 points. Well, the same thing with Bob Corker. All right, when we come back, the man who broke the Uranium One story, Peter Schweitzer, Congressman Dana Rohrbacher, actually took the time to meet with Julian Assange. And Ted Cruz tells Corker and Flake, shut up and do your job. This fake dossier, it was made up, and I understand they paid a tremendous amount of money 
and Hillary Clinton always denied it. The Democrats always denied it. And now only because it's going to come out in a court case, they said, yes, they did it. They admitted it. And they're embarrassed by it. But I think it's a disgrace. It's just really a very, it's a very sad, it's a very sad commentary on politics in this country. As you know, Sean Hannity on his program has been very critical of the Uranium One deal. The president saying with regard to Russia, that's the real story in all of this. What would you say to those critics? I would say it's the same baloney they've been peddling for years. And there's been no, no credible evidence by anyone. In fact, it's been debunked repeatedly and will continue to be debunked. But here's what they're doing. And really, I have to give them credit. You know, Trump and his allies, including Fox News are really experts at distraction and diversion. So the closer the investigation about real Russian ties between Trump associates and real Russians, as we heard Jeff Sessions finally admit to uh, in his testimony the other day, the more they want to just throw mud on the wall and I'm their favorite target, me and, you know, President Obama. We're the ones that they always like to put into the crosshairs. Um, so, yes, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I think the real story is how nervous they are about these continuing investigations. Uh, our source is not the Russian government. So in other words, let me be clear. Russia did not give you the Podesta documents or anything from the DNC. That's correct. What bothers me the most, though, Sean, is that the government could have disclosed evidence by now showing us that our thinking is wrong. And it hasn't. Do you know in 80, 1983, well, well, I, I want you to hold that thought. Don't don't go anywhere because that's an important. You're, you're saying that the government already knows this part. Rush Trump, Russia, Trump collusion. You're saying that they already know. Yeah, I think they know. And they wouldn't tell the American people. Well, I think they can't tell the American people. And what I want to contrast is President Reagan disclosed the intercept of the KAL shootdown in 1983 on the floor of the United Nations to right. prove what the Russians did. All right, so hour two of the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. Hillary Clinton, Uranium One stories are baloney. They've been debunked. No, they haven't. Julian Assange, Russia is not our source. It's not a state entity. And then, of course, Kirk Wiebe, government already knows that Trump-Russia collusion is false, but they won't go public. Anyway, joining us now, Peter Schweitzer. As far as all this Uranium One issue goes, he's the one that got the ball started on this. Author of the New York Times bestselling book, Clinton Cash, the untold story of how and why foreign governments and businesses help make Bill and Hillary very rich. He's also the president of the Government Accountability Institute. And by the way, he's here to talk about right. all of these new findings and, and Fusion GPS and Congressman Dana Rohrbacher, the only congressman that had the wherewithal and the intelligence to go talk to Julian Assange is the one guy that would know the answer to where the DNC Podesta emails originated from. Welcome both of you back to the program. Well, Thanks, thank Sean. you very much. I'm uh, I'm, not, I'm having to do this interview in the cloakroom right off the floor of the house here. Yeah, well, tell all the uh, the jerks that you work with that I say hi, okay? <laughs> you know, there are some good people there, but, you know, for the for the life of me, they're, they're, well, the House is doing better than the Senate, in fairness. All right, l l let me start with you, Peter. Um, let me start with this Uranium One issue, because now we realize we had an FBI informant that had evidence, emails, documents, tapes, and so much more, and that he wanted to give it all to Congress, but he's held under this non-disclosure agreement. 
And from what we are now learning is bribery, kickbacks, extortion, money laundering all took place in this deal. And then, of course, we noticed that, you know, all the newer developments today about the Clintons and and how bad this is. I mean, Clinton paid for the dirt and the dossier issue. But let's stay on Uranium One first. Yeah, you're right, Sean. I mean, all those things that, that this informant had information access to that he shared with the FBI was all irrelevant. It was ground zero for the question of whether this uranium should be sold to this uh, Russian uh, government-owned uh, company. Um, and it apparently never came up. So it's a huge question of why that happened. The other thing that we know, and or I should say are reminded of, uh, is the simple fact that when Hillary Clinton says she was not involved in the Uranium One decision, we're supposed to take her word for it. And the problem is, as it relates to the dossier, as it relates to so many other things, she has a long history of just flat out lying about stuff. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry for the people that, that, that might say, hey, we need to take a word at it, but we shouldn't. Uh, and this is precisely the reason that we need to investigate to find out how this decision was made, what role the Clintons played in it. I think it was central. Um, and what the other money flow was. And the only way you're going to get that is with an independent investigation. It can't be done by the FBI. It cannot be done by the Department of Justice because we've been down this road before. We were down this road in 2009 and 2010 involving the sale of this Russian company, and they failed when they had the opportunity. But, wait a minute, but it can't be right done by, by Mueller either because right. he was the FBI director at the time, and it can't be done by Rosenstein because he was involved in the case in the lead FBI agent. My question is, how could they possibly be investigating anything Russia when they knew all of this went on? Now, at the bottom line of all of this, you have to ask why anybody would ever give 20 percent. We've heard in the last year, Russia, 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 Putin, bad, 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 hostile actor, hostile towards the United States, etc. Why would anybody ever consider giving 20 percent of America's uranium to Vladimir and Moscow and Russia in the first place? Yeah, it's, it's mystifying. And look, the argument that this was not a controversial decision is ridiculous. There were at least half a dozen congressmen ranking Republicans on armed services, on homeland security, on foreign relations committees in the House that were opposed to this deal. Senator Barrasso of Wyoming, because that's where some of these uranium assets were being held, wrote a letter saying that there were problems with this deal. He didn't like the deal. It was a controversial deal. They rammed it through. It, it was not reviewed sufficiently. And, you know, they were just hoping that it would be ignored and go away. And fortunately, that's not the case. And I think it's fantastic that we've got this movement on Capitol Hill to get to the bottom of it. It seems, it seems like you have been talking about it forever. I, I think I had the first interviews, both radio and TV, when you came out with your book. You did. You're exactly right, Sean. And, and, and I've said this before, and I will say it again. You know, A lot of people kind of do a drive-by. They do some story on it. They move on. You've been on this story for two years. You helped with this new stuff that John Solomon and that Circa have come out with. Um, you've been consistent on this story. And so, you know, huge debt of gratitude to you. Well, I'll be honest. With, with, without you being the person, frankly, that broke the scandal, and then the investigative work of Sarah and John, and then putting it on, on Fox News prominently, I mean, and, and taking a lot of heat for it, to be honest, I don't think this would have happened. And let me bring in Congressman Dana Rohrbacher. Congressman, look, you understand the danger of Vladimir Putin. You know he's a hostile actor. He's been testimony that he's tried to impact past elections, this election, then he'll do it in future elections. Yeah, I see, I, I see the Russians as uh, the way we saw 
very many flawed governments that helped us defeat the Nazis in, in World War II, and also flawed governments that helped us defeat the Soviet Union during the Cold War. And yeah, he's a flawed government. We, we have to understand that. But we have to find ways that we can, uh, rather than uh, this incredible barrage of hostility, which I believe now, in retrospect, was not only trying, trying to steal the election from the Republicans, because what they did is they invalidated, they said, oh, well, Trump was colluding with the Russians in order to steal the election. They were not only trying to steal, actually, they were trying to steal the election, they were also trying to divert our attention away from this cauldron of corruption that you are discussing right now, where America ends up giving our 20% of our of our uranium reserves to the same country. Let's let's say that there are two parts. If we really want to get to the truth on Russia, I think there are two things that need to be done immediately. One, I believe that this FBI informant that has all of this evidence that is under an NDA, that NDA needs to be lifted. That's one. Number right. two, I also believe that Julian Assange needs to be talked to, and he says he has definitive evidence that would prove that, in fact, it wasn't Russia. Well, we, let me, uh, Sean, uh, let me just point out what you you just said is absolutely correct, and it's and it's doable. And the only trouble we're having is not with the liberal left in this. We can lift this gag order. Uh, Jeff Sessions, our attorney general, can lift that gag order, and the president of the United States, if we can get him to sit down and, and not be uh, isolated by his own staff to, to talk about Assange and get the real information from from Assange, uh, that's it's doable. But it's just we. We've got these roadblocks within the Republican uh, establishment. All right. So if those two things, if the NDA is lifted, yep. if, if that happens, if Sessions does it, is Sessions the only one that can lift it? Can Congress lift it? Can the executive branch lift it? Who else I'm can sure, lift it? Well, I'm sure if the president decides that, 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 that whoever in the executive branch has authority, I'm almost certain it's Jeff uh, Sessions, uh, our attorney general. Right. Uh, he, that, that We can do that. that. Lifting that gag order is not something that is... Uh, that's a P, uh, that's t- that takes two seconds. Now, as it relates to Julian Assange, now, he told you in a private meeting that he has the evidence that's, that will is proof positive, incontrovertible, and I think... And it, I, and, he and, told and, you that he could prove that the Russians did not do that hack job into the Democratic National Committee. Well, then if he can prove that, and the American people that have been lied to now for a year, if they can get the truth, I assume he probably wants out of that the ability to, to move to Ecuador with Without the U.S., you know, looking to extradite him, that would be my guess. Well, you know, I I didn't carry the, the negotiations. I looked at myself as a tool for having a, a uh, for setting up uh, some uh, a, a process that would end up with the American people getting the truth about this and Julian Assange feeling comfortable that he's not going to just be arrested uh, when he steps out into the street. And again, it would be contingent on him having that proof, that evidence. That's right. That's right. And yeah, I, by the way, I think that's a fair deal. And I think the American people deserve the truth. And it's amazing to me that Mueller and all of these people that are so-called investigating it, they haven't done what you took the time to do that I took the time to do to go see Julian Assange and ask him. He knows. Exactly. He knows more than anybody. All right, we got to take a quick break here. We'll have more with Peter Schweitzer. Now, Peter broke the Uranium One scandal in his book, Clinton Cash. Congressman Dana Rohrbacher met with Julian Assange. We'll get back to both of these issues and the Clinton now, the revelation that 
that, yes, Clinton paid for the Kremlin dirt on Trump, the phony dossier that everybody in the media cited again and again and again, and every Democrat cited again and again and again. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, as we continue, Peter Schweitzer, author of the New York Times bestseller, Clinton Cash. He was the one that originally broke this Uranium One scandal. That was in his book. We have Congressman Dana Rohrbacher, and he's from California. He met with Julian Assange at the Ecuadorian embassy in London and obtained uh, a lot of this information that Julian Assange is willing to prove it was not Russia uh, in terms of the DNC hack emails, etc. But nobody that's investigating Trump Russia uh, even wants to talk to the guy. It's ridiculous to me. It's, obs- it's actually obscene. You know what it is? It's a dereliction of duty, and it shows no desire to get factual information and the truth. Uh, Peter, let me ask you about this other big story we're following today, and that is that Clinton paid for all this Kremlin dirt, this phony dossier on Trump, and it's even worse than that because the FBI director wanted to hire Christopher Steele, the former MI6 agent who paid Russians for the phony information. This is the one about, you know, hookers urinating on the bed at the Ritz with Donald Trump and Democrats repeating it, the media repeating it. And it was false. And Hillary denied or campaign denied over and over again that they paid for it. Now they're caught. You're right, Sean. I mean, this is uh, this is something straight out of the Cold War. The Russians had a term for it, which was disinformation. Uh, And that was you spread information that was false and sort of wrapped it around the mantle of being accurate news information. And that's precisely what this dossier uh, uh, did. Uh, It it was uh, fake news stories uh, uh, based on what uh, Donald Trump allegedly did that was cycled through the news system. What's troubling about it is you had team Clinton involved in this disinformation uh, process, and then you had people on Capitol Hill that sort of breathlessly got access to this thing, were given access to it, and then uh, you know walked around as if this was an accurate representation, not knowing who had paid for it, not knowing really how it had been produced. You know, it was it was an example of a complete rush to judgment uh, yeah, uh, but, about but, the but, president. But the question now is, who actually initiated this? Uh, I, I really doubt. Whether and I'm sorry, but I really doubt that the Russians initiated it. My guess is Hillary and her gang initiated this. Well, what about what about the original reports that Fusion GPS that a Republican started it, but then it was the Clinton campaign that picked up on it? Right, precisely. And uh, all right, let me ask this question to both of you because I, I think this is very, very. So the evidence is they colluded with Russians. They colluded for lies, propaganda, disinformation, as, as Peter rightly, rightly calls all of this. Correct? Correct. Wow. Yeah, no question about it. Deep, deep financial ties that, that, that go back almost a decade, huge amounts of money, all kinds of entanglements. That's where the collusion has been. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, listen, I... And, and by the way, the more they talked about it in the election, I believe it was also to divert attention away from their wrong and doing. Not just creating a false impression about Trump and stealing the election from him, but creating a, a block so the American people wouldn't be able to see their own cauldron of Corruption. Unbelievable. I think this is going to now turn into one of the biggest scandals in the history of the country. And people are going, I think people are going to jail over this period, end of sentence. And this is corruption beyond 
anything that I think anybody imagined. And uh, we're going to stay on it. Thank you both. You both have been very, very powerful in terms of forcing these stories into the public arena. Hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's sick and it's getting sicker. Now back to the Sean Hannity Show. Hi, 25 now till the top of the hour. Am I allowed to announce we're going to have big breaking news tonight that nobody's heard about on Hannity on the Fox News channel? Our time slot, 9 o'clock. Am I allowed to announce that something big is going to happen tonight and all these uh, hacks in the liberal media need to turn in, tune in so that they can learn something that they don't know as of this hour? Am I allowed to do that? I mean, unless this is in like, three and a half is, hours is, or three hours and 25 minutes. Is this your big secret that you're telling to 17 million listeners right now? Well, I'm just saying that there's going. Okay, everybody just shh, keep it a secret. It's just for you, 17 million people to know. No, but the secret's not coming out till nine Eastern tonight. That's correct. Your show is the only place to get breaking news coverage. You won't get anywhere should I, else. Should I tell people where the breaking news is coming from or should I just wait till tonight? No. No. Intrigue is the best when not divulged. All right. Don't miss tonight's show a or ma- tomorrow's that too it's a major development pretty much never ever miss sean's show or you won't know what is happening what's actually you happening. know i see that somebody's recovered somebody for the last two days has been the walking dead from first our trips of all, i was not the walking dead first of all you've been the walking dead for two days and now all of a sudden somebody's back to our old chipper self i'm always chipper Oh, yeah, but but you did abandon us, I noticed, on half the trip when we were in Philly, and then you didn't go to Bucks County, and then you didn't go back to New York. You know, you just you just literally got a ride straight to your front door. <laughs> at, Listen, it so just you, so happens to be that your interview was 10 minutes from my house. It yeah. just, just so happens to be from your new house that has an air mattress because you never bought any furniture. Does she, be nice. Did she buy Stopping in. Sunshine, did she buy a bed yet? You were there last weekend. Everything no. looks great. It's fully furnished. It's not you fully... never have to talk about it ever again. There are You're... so many pillows. It's like you basically no. are just walking okay. on air. So the bottom line is you're lying for her and she's lying for you. I feel like when I go into her house, I'm walking through a Raymore Flanagan. Everything's That's it's right. so in the Restoration nines. hardware has got nothing okay. on it. You don't have a single bed, do you? You don't have a single bed in your new home, do well, you? Well, I mean, this is... A, I offered to buy you semantics. a bed. semantics. You know, there's... I offered to buy you physical, and your family a bed. physical mattresses I have. Do you have a bed? The frames. What do you sleep on? At this moment? Yes. This is a direct question. Direct. I plead the fifth. Do you, pl- do you still sleep on an air mattress two months after buying your home? I, I I was having a hard time hearing that question. Do there you was some distortion? Uh, do you sleep on an air mattress two months after purchasing your home? That's a yes or no question. Well, you, you have you, to answer in the form of a question. So I'm not sure right, if I know the, the answer. Turn the jeopardy. No, you do know the answer. You're still on an air mattress. You're putting your your two year old son is, on an air mattress. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh my, that's so pathetic. Alex, I'll take a thousand for furniture. Thank no, you. Exactly. All right, let's get to our busy phone. So many of you have been so patient here. Bob is in New Jersey. What's up, Bob? How are you? Glad you called and welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean. It's a real honor to speak with you. You know, I, I just hearing uh, listening to you talk about the uranium one. All the lies, the corruption, everything that's been going on, and the lies against this president. Now, you know, my my question to you is, and you probably partially answered it. Um, do you think this ever get is is going to get prosecuted? Are we going to see Hillary do the perp walk? I please, it'll make my day. 
I'm just telling you there are major, major, major. This is now moving at an accelerated rate. And let me tell you, everybody's world in Washington, D.C. has now changed. The focus has now changed. And I, you know, look, it's frustrating in this sense because we have been talking about this forever. It never made any sense. I've known that this informant has existed for a long time. I've known that this evidence existed. And I keep saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And people think, yeah, right, sure, Hannity. You know, I was actually telling somebody this today. You know, we get the crap beaten out of us on this program all the time. But the answer to your question, Bob, I'm going to answer it directly. I think that there is a whole heap of trouble. People are going to be going to jail. I do believe that, yes. Does that make you I feel better? You're right. You know, yes. anyway, thank you for your call. How many times have do we have to be right and the media wrong to ever get any credit? And by the way, I'm not looking for credit. And and there's a reason the media is so abusively biased and rigidly ideological. They always jump to the the whatever the political narrative answer they want rather than dig for simple basic fundamental truth. One of my big criticisms about Obama, he was wrong on the Cambridge police, wrong on Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman, rush to judgment, rush to judgment, hands up, don't shoot, never happened, Michael Brown. Same thing with Freddie Gray. Nobody in the media vetted Obama as hard as we vetted him, and we were proven correct. He governed as the rigid, radical, Alinsky, acorn, uh, Reverend Wright, you know, indoctrinated person that he's always been. And the results were horrific, as we predicted. You know, nobody in the media saw that it was possible that Donald Trump could win. We saw it. We were there. And every, they get it wrong so often. They got this whole Russia thing wrong. And they've been wrong. And it's been innuendo. And it's not even in, they've been talking about impeachment. They've been talking about betrayal of the country. Now that it's them, they don't want to talk about it anymore. There's no coverage of it. You know, what, what's her name over at Conspiracy TV? Maddow had on Eric Holder the other night. How many questions did Eric Holder get about Uranium One, which he personally signed off on? And it's been all over the news. None. Zero. Because it doesn't fit her left-wing radical ideology, period. And the only reason, you know, you got a, a cult of Trump haters that tune in to be lied to every night there. And, they, and they're fed those lies, and they're fed those conspiracies. Um, it's unbelievable. Alan in Mississippi. Alan, how are you? Glad you called. Having a great day. Just want to tell you here in the home of the Golden Eagles, we love you down here. Oh, thank you, my friend. What's going on? Well, you know, as I listened to all this last night, watching your show, listening overnight, reading a few articles, when, when you see what's happened here, with the, they finally have, I guess, some proof about Hillary and the DNC creating this dossier now that we know they paid for it literally know it's fake now that we know that it's fake shouldn't all these liberal democratic appointed attorneys who have been involved in all these investigations shouldn't they have to return all this money to the taxpayers yeah they should have i I think she should and i've been calling on her to return uh, a whole bunch of money in this case it's 145 million dollars but frankly that ought to be you got to understand something. She she sold out this country's security in this deal. You understand Absolutely. how deep she sold out our national security to the hostile actor that she refers to as Vladimir Putin. 
and her and her husband gave 20% of our uranium control to this guy. She sold us out. The thing is, she was able to reward all of these attorneys by having them put on Mueller's investigation. Shouldn't those attorneys have to return all this money as well for the last... This is the great irony. Mueller's up to his eyeballs in this. He was the FBI director, and it was his informant that had the evidence that had been undisclosed because of this NDA, this nondisclosure. And the same thing with Rosenstein. He was the lead in, he was the lead in this case. And they put a muzzle Absolutely. on this poor guy, and he's trying to get the truth out, and he's got all the evidence. And, you know, by dribs and drabs, we're now getting it. We have big news tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern. Just tune in tonight. That's all I can say. We'll be breaking big news tonight on Hannity. Uh, all right, let's go. Sonny is in Alexandria, Virginia. Sonny, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Oh, hi, Sean. So good to talk to you. Um, the reason I called was because at first I was looking to find your movie in Alexandria, Virginia, and I found it in the southern part of the state, but it was nowhere up my way. Uh, the closest well, would have been up by Baltimore, but mm-hmm. praise the Lord, um, the movie is going to be shown in Fairfax and in Woodbridge, so thrilled to pieces. Oh, I'm so honored you're going. I, oh, I'm so excited to go. Somebody who's very close to me, I gave a copy mm-hmm. to last night, and they watched the movie mm-hmm. last night. And mm-hmm. and this is somebody whose opinion I respect a whole lot. And this individual said, I have never, I haven't cried this hard in 15 years. And how, nor have wow. I been moved this much by a movie in, in 15 years. And um, wow. I, I am proud of it. I really am. And it is, I think, a movie that will stimulate your mind, your heart, and it's good for your soul. And you know what? That's something Hollywood will basically never give you. So uh, that's why I did it. I hope you like it. It debuts this Friday. Uh, theaters, I think we're going to open about four, 500. It's not a studio movie. We're independent. This is a small start. And then we're going to be adding in the weeks to come. And uh, if you want to find the theater near you, it's on Hannity.com. I hope you like it. Call me back on Monday. Let me know what you think. I'm going to call you back on Monday. And, Sean, before we part company, I want to say I met you Seven years ago, you signed Conservative Victory for me at Tyson's Corner, and I wow. treasure that. And I, you are a national treasure. You expose fake news, and I am in the entertainment industry myself. Wow, what do you do? And I work well. I'm the right hand uh, to the actor, producer, and director who's a conservative from Hollywood, and also a true life oil field roughneck. Wow. And um, he, he's an amazing person. He's done a, a uh, montage of work. I'd love you to see it, but no, I can't wait to go to your movie. And oh, I'm thank you. So I forward to it. I will call you on Monday and tell you what I think. Okay. Listen, if I didn't feel this, sir, I am certain that I think everybody's going to get something profound out of it. And uh, I'm actually, I'm very happy with the reaction we've gotten so far. We've actually done focus groups where people are totally honest. And it, the, re, the reaction is 99 percent. So, we, we, you know, we feel very confident. And you know what? Christians, conservatives, our values have been ignored and diminished and dismissed from Hollywood. And that's why, by the way, I, we, we didn't even want in any way we didn't want a big studio to take this film. I, we wanted total control of the message. And, you know, so we start slower. You know, we don't have the 3,000 theaters that, that other movies have, but we're not we're, we're going to slowly roll it out. And, you know, we're very happy with uh, where we are so far. And so far, the feedback's been pretty amazing. And the timing is actually good because all the movies out right now apparently are tanking. 
So now theaters are throwing those crappy $100 million movies out, and they're asking us, can we get it by Friday? Can we get it by Friday? I'm like, oh, now you get on board. But, yeah, we're trying to accommodate them because we want as many people to see it as we can. It's called Let There Be Light. Opens Friday. Hannity.com for where you can get tickets, where you can see it near you. We'll come back. We'll continue. This is The Sean Hannity Show. All right, as we continue, wide open telephones, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. We have our news roundup, information overload. Dr. Kelly Ward is going to check in. Uh, Big day for her yesterday with Snowflake bowing out of that race in the Senate race out in Arizona. He says because he's a martyr and he's not, I'm not a good enough Republican. Nobody can be a Republican today. No, he got out of the race because you were going to lose. And you're trying to save face, and you can't acknowledge a simple, basic, fundamental truth. All right, let's get to our phones as we say hi. Well, let's go to Phoenix, Arizona, KFYI, 55-550. What's up, Mike? How are you? Hey, Sean. You're a great American. You're a great American, sir. What's going on? Hey, there's no love lost here with conservatives and Jeff Flake. We are tickled pink. Actually, we were all partying last night. That's how I felt. Other people are like, oh. This is a he's these people are do nothing people. Yeah, it's 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 just been too long overdue. And, you know, whether it's McCain or Flake, when it comes down to election time, they're the most conservative coding Republicans you'll ever see for about six months. And then for the rest of their term, we pretty much elect a Democrat. Yeah, pretty much. You know what? They they make all these big promises. I send me and I'll repeal the replace Obamacare. Bull. They're full of crap. You know what? I, you know, they don't like Donald Trump's style. And let me just inform everybody in the swamp and the sewer in D.C. because I know President Trump. He's not going to change. He's not going to change because you want him to be the image of a president that you want. And the fact that he is a fighter is not, is not a negative I want people to fight for us. I want people to go and keep the fight to keep their promises. That's what we need at this point in uh, time in our history here. You know, by the way, here's Trump. Uh, understand why Flake is leaving. Uh, thought he was a Democrat. This is what he says. That he couldn't win. And I don't blame him for leaving. I think he did the right thing for himself. But if you know, long before he ever knew me during the campaign, even before the campaign, I mean, he came out with his horrible book. And I said, who is this guy? In fact, I remembered the first time I saw him on television, I had not really been, nobody knew me in terms of politics. But the first time I saw him on television, I said, I assume he's a Democrat. Is he a Democrat? They said he's a Republican. I said, that's impossible. Yeah, well, it was possible. Um, anyway, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Speaking of Arizona, we'll check in with Dr. Kelly Ward, state senator out there. And she was running against Jeff uh, Snowflake. And uh, now that Snowflake out is out, we'll talk about her plans. And also, the great Charlie Daniels stops by in studio. That's coming up. It's the Sean Hannity Show. Straight ahead. Couldn't win. And I don't blame him for leaving. I think he did the right thing for himself. But if you know, long before he ever knew me during the campaign... Even before the campaign, I mean, he came out with his horrible book. And I said, who is this guy? In fact, I remembered the first time I saw him on television, I had not really been, nobody knew me in terms of politics. But the first time I saw him on television, I said, I assume he's a Democrat. Is he a Democrat? They said he's a Republican. I said, that's impossible. Well, Senator Flake did vote with me. I understand it was about 91 or even more than that. So from that standpoint, good. 
No, I think I'll be boosted in Arizona because he's very unpopular. I think the fact that he did it the way he did it probably, I mean, I'm very high in Arizona. I love the people. They like me. They like security at the border, you know, all of the thing. But I think I'm probably helped greatly in Arizona by what happened with Senator Clinton. Senator, let me test your newfound freedom for a second. I know you disagree with her on just about every major policy issue facing this country, but in terms of protecting our democracy, protecting respect for the office of the presidency, and protecting our image abroad, is it possible in your mind to consider that it would have been better if Hillary Clinton had won this election? I talk in the book that I wrote, uh, Conscience of a Conservative, borrowing from uh, Barry Goldwater's title uh, earlier this year, that uh, we kind of made a, a Faustian bargain uh, with this president, uh, that we could excuse the behavior and, uh, and everything simply because we could get uh, some uh, conservative judges. Would it have been better if she won the election? Things. And so, uh, well, I, I can tell you no president, uh, Democrat or Republican in recent memory uh, has exhibited the kind of behavior that this president has. And so I, I you know, I am a Republican. I'm a conservative. Uh, I would love to have a Republican president, but not at any cost. I didn't vote for this president uh, last November. Um, I didn't vote for President Clinton either, or uh, Secretary Clinton either. But uh, Second thoughts on that? I, 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 I can tell you, I've, uh, I'm not, uh, not happy with the direction we're going. Even among the many people who applauded your speech yesterday, there are those who said, well, why is he leaving then? If he feels this way, we need him in the fight. Talk a little bit, if you could, about the consideration not to seek re-election, because there are many right. people who wish you'd stay there and push back against President Trump from Washington and not from the outside. Well, the bottom line is if I were to run a campaign that I could be proud of and where I didn't uh, have to cozy up uh, to the president and his positions uh, or his behavior, uh, I could not win in a Republican primary. That's the bottom line. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not that uh, you have to just be with the president on policy. Uh, you can't uh, question his behavior and still be a Republican in good standing, apparently, uh, in, in a Republican primary. All right, no. <laughs> All right, news roundup information overload hour. It is the Sean Hannity Show, our toll-free telephone number. We'll get to your calls. The great Charlie Daniels is going to make a rare in-studio appearance. He's always fun and smart and a great patriot and uh, has unbelievable wisdom. But that was uh, Snowflake, Jeff Flake, over from Arizona. Oh, it's Donald Trump's fault that I'm leaving the Senate and trying to martyr himself. <laughs> When, in fact, the real reason is a new poll out shows that Kelly Ward in a primary, Dr. Ward, I think we first got to know her, what, five years ago, is up by 26 points. And he didn't have a chance in hell of winning that primary race. So now he's going out as a crybaby. And uh, my my advice to him is, why don't you leave now? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Anyway, Dr. Ward is with us. And uh, uh, I think you scared him out of the race, Dr. Kelly Ward. Hey, Sean, it's great to be with you, and I appreciate you pointing that out. I think that we did scare him out of the race. And, gee, uh, that question he got, would Hillary Clinton be a better president? That is such a softball. Why didn't he just stand up and say, no, no way. We could not bear to have a Hillary Clinton presidency. Uh, but he was, of course, too weak to even say that. It's really disappointing 
And and I'm calling this the do-nothing Senate. Now, there are some good people in in the Senate. I want to be clear about that. And there are some people that I know Senator Ted Cruz um, is in there. And I think Ted Cruz is trying his best on his own. And he actually told Corker and, and Snowflake, Jeff Flake, actually says, shut up and do your job. These guys aren't doing their job. And, and people like Cruz and, and Rand Paul and a few others are trying to get some get the ball across the finish line. And these guys are taking vacation and whining about Donald Trump, who's out there fighting every day, at least. Yes. And, and what does Jeff Flake not like about the direction the country has been going? Uh, the Dow is up. The economy is thriving. We're growing. It, it, unemployment is down. Food stamp use is down. Uh, America is strong on the world stage. What What is he complaining about? Yeah. Well, it's sort of like, you know, you got fake flake and the fake news media. You know, he's now their new hero out there. And I, I that was my question yesterday. What is it about the president's stated agenda, either during the campaign or now, that he doesn't like? And, and what does he point to as his great success in the years he's been in the Senate? Because mm-hmm. I don't think he can point to a whole lot. No, no, not at all. President Trump was exactly right whenever he tweeted out that Jeff Flake is weak on borders, that he's weak on crime, and that he's a non-entity in the United States Senate. And in that same tweet, he said he was glad that I, Kelly Ward, was running against Flake, Jeff Flake. You see, and, that, you uh, see, everybody's reporting that he went after the president, but the president, by saying that you're great and he's awful, was basically saying get out of the race. And that was a deal killer. He, but the president beat him. And he doesn't want to admit it. So now he's got to be like a little crybaby and he's taking his toys and he's going home and he's taking his cheap shots. And to be perfectly frank, I don't think that Bob Corker would have won in Tennessee in a primary. I don't either. I mean, his his um, role in advancing the Iran deal by taking away the Senate's treaty powers uh, was atrocious. And it's something that that is not forgivable because that deal put the United States, put Israel and put the world in danger. All right. I've got a very important question I've got to ask you, because I've actually made some mistakes over the years. Like, for example, we really liked Ben Sass. When was that? 2014, when he was elected out of Nebraska. And he has become a massive disappointment. And I can't wait in four years when we when he gets primaried. Although I can see he has delusions of grandeur. I look at him and he thinks he's going to he's like he's like liberal Joe Scarborough. Liberal Joe Scarborough thinks he's going to be president one day and he's not. And well, didn't Jeff, Jeff Flake said he wasn't ruling out a presidential run in 2020. I just had to laugh. Uh, Jeff Flake is never going to be the candidate for the Republican Party. It's not going to happen. He can try all he no. wants. And I don't think no. they're understanding that the people in this country have given these guys an opportunity to, in, to have a great vision and change the country for the better. And they're not doing it. That's their problem. It is. That's exactly right. No. And I'll tell you this, Sean, I will never let you down. What you see is what you get with me. You get a strong conservative woman with a backbone of steel who believes in small government, low taxes, personal responsibility, and following the Constitution. I will never stray from those principles. And that's why I will be an effective legislator once I get to Washington, D.C., and why I will be able to keep the promises that I make on the campaign trail. So Chuck Schumer had a smirk on his face yesterday thinking, oh, it's going to be much easier to win. How would it be easier to win when you're beating Jeff Flake, the incumbent, by 26 points? I mean, I'm trying to understand that mentality. Well, you know, Democrat liberal logic defies reality. No, I think there's some truth to that, too. Um, Now, uh, you might not have support from people like Mitch McConnell 
and the money that they raise for the you know senatorial campaign committee. Are you going to yeah. be able to transcend that difficulty if if McConnell acts the way he does? By the way, there's a poll out today. Fifty six percent of Republicans want Mitch McConnell to resign. Mm-hmm. Which well, I, you know, Mitch McConnell and his you know his attack pack, the Senate Leadership Fund. Um, they they may have made a lot of mistakes. Look what happened in Alabama. They backed Luther Strange, and the people backed Judge Roy Moore. So they were wrong in Alabama, and they are going to be wrong again in Arizona. I think they should actually get with the program, get with the people, so that we can get good, uh, strong conservatives into Washington, D.C. to do the job that needs to be done. Quit trying to po- protect your own political future and whatever it is that you're trying to hold on to and get the job done that the American people are demanding. All right. We really appreciate you being with us, and I think you deserve a lot of credit. I think the polls are the reason that Snowflake got out of the race, and I think he's lying when he says it's Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporting you over him. Uh, the handwriting was on the wall. He was going to lose, so he threw a temper tantrum on the way out the door. Typical. Yep, he did, and I, I appreciate your support, Laura Ingram's support, Mark Levin's support. Thank me. Support thank me. God bless us. All right, tell me which yeah. radio host I am. Ready? Now. Thank me. God bless us. Get off my you phone, are- you creep. Uh, who's that? <laughs> the great one. All right, who's this? Sean Hannity once filled in on this program. <laughs> it must be Rush. Yeah. I want to say one thing to Dr. Kelly Ward. I think we need more women in politics. That's what I'm saying. And who's that? <laughs> oh, that's the terrible Bill Clinton. Yeah. Oh, you're doing pretty good today. All right, Dr. Ward, <laughs> thank you for being with us. Go kick some butt. Win, go out Thanks, there and Sean. fight every day. That's show the people of Arizona good. you're going to fight, fight, fight hard, Okay. 100%. Thanks, right. Sean. God bless you. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Straight ahead, your phone calls on The Sean Hannity Show. We're going to get to your calls here. Charlie Daniels will be joining us uh, in studio, rare in-studio appearance. That's all coming up straight ahead. We got Steve is in Carlsbad out in uh, California, 13.5% state income tax. I know, I don't know how you barely survive out there. What's up, Steve? How are you? Sean, what a great honor to speak with you. I really appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. You know, uh, we live in a part of California that's surrounded by military bases, and we have military folks around us all the time. It's a full-time job thanking them for their service and sacrifice. You know, we want to say thank you to you, your family, and your staff, because you have done exactly what our service members do, and that's put themselves in the direct line of fire for freedom and truth. And uh, we just wanted to extend a thank you to you, your family, and your Listen, I, I don't deserve even a smidgen of thanks compared to people like yourself and others that serve in the military. I mean, the, the great honor we all, and this is my complaint with the NFL right now, the only reason we get to do what we do, or they get to play the sport they love and get paid a lot of money for it, is because our freedom is defended every day. The sacrifice is made by others. And it's just a special, you know, only 1% of people will ever serve in the military. But that 1%, I mean, and that's why I, I got so angry over the, the left trying to politicize the death of this guy in Niger, because uh, I don't think the president was calling to, you know, put salt in the wound of a wife that just lost right. her husband. And, and there's never the right words to say in those circumstances, in my opinion. That's right. You know, it's, it's an uncomfortable paradigm shift that the country's going through right now, and half of America is waking up. And, you know, it comes down to us literally changing the way that we were raised. When, when you were a child, how many times did you ask why, and you were told, well, because I said so, or because that's just the way it is. 
Well, half of America is starting to ask why again, and we're starting to realize that what we were told wasn't true, who was telling us wasn't right, and it's time for all of us to wake up and stand together. It really is amazing, isn't it, that once you begin to see how bad the media lies to you, once you recognize it, you can't, like, put your head in the sand anymore. You just right. you just recognize it for what it is. I'm like, wow, they just they lie with abandon. They lie with regularity. They just they don't cover the truth. They don't want the truth, which is why I've deemed that, you know, journalism in America is dead and we have an information crisis in the country. So anyway, glad you called, Steve. God bless you. And thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Uh, all right. Let's say hi to John is out in Yuba City, California. What's up, John? Another 13 and a half state income taxpayer. How are you? Uh Yes, Sean, I am out in Northern California. We can't wait for the gas tax to start next week. And i got to thank you for uh, opening the eyes of America, both on television and radio every day. You're you're a saint. This country owes you a great deal of gratitude. This country doesn't owe me a thing. I owe it. I owe the country. (laughs) What's going on? So my angle on the NFL and the the anthem protests and all that is different than anybody else has talked about. And you're the guy to really really get this out there in the in the public domain the, when Steph Curry and Steve Kerr the coach of the Warriors came out and they were they didn't want to go to the White House and they made that known and then you had uh, Marshawn Lynch sit on his knees at a Raider game and then the Kaepernick thing in San Francisco and all the Raider players 49er players all coming out and screaming for social justice whatever that means to people the, the real question that needs to be asked is why they didn't stand up because Oakland the Raiders and the Warriors are both bolting in the next three years. The Raiders are going to Vegas. The Warriors are going back to San Francisco. They're following the money. None of those players got up and challenged their owners to stay in Oakland, the third most violent city in America, with economic and social challenges as tough as any city in America. They're not challenging their owners to stay there. No one's gone to Goodell, who said, we want to serve communities first, and said, we're going to stay in Oakland and fix the problems, be part of the solutions. They're all bolting. Nobody's challenging them on that. Kaepernick did the same thing. Never said a word when the 49ers moved from Candlestick Park, which was in Hunter's Point, down to Santa Clara three years ago. They all had the chance to stand up when it mattered, and none of them have. And you know, I challenge the players or owners on that on that context. There's one owner that I know, and I know he's a little frustrated with the president right now, but I assume they'll resume their friendship at some point. But it, and I and I know he, he's with the most hated team in many ways in America. But the only reason people hate the Patriots is because they're so good. And you have to admire you have to admire them, and that's Robert Kraft. And Robert Kraft told his players, "Okay, there's not. This was last year. Now he's, I think he's changed since then. But he said there's not going to be kneeling. But I'll match you dollar for dollar if you want to go in any community project." And he went out with with different people, and and honestly, he he went out into some of the tougher neighborhoods and in and around Boston, and and they're trying to help people. That's the answer, just like in Chicago. That's the answer. Let's stop the shooting and the violence in Chicago. Anyway, good call. I got to roll, John. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN, the toll-free telephone number. Sean Hannity is on. I-25 till the top of the hour. It's always what? 
what? Well, I just thought before we get into the business of, of Mr. Daniels, the legend here. Well, I was book, gonna, I was going to introduce my buddy, my friend, my pal, the great patriot, the great football fan, the, the one of the greatest country we artists. We only have a in half an hour. It's only a half an hour. Charlie Sean. Daniels is here, and you're annoying. You already interrupted I, the interview, and you're wasting job. time. But I think if to a real proper welcome no. to Mr. Daniels would be if you sang him his greatest song, "Devil Went Down." No, the uh, I've, not complete unless you're singing, right? Uh, well, I'll, you mean a version that Just I've already ver- sung. Well, well, a version that you can sing with him. Go ahead. All right, ready? All right, the devil went down to Georgia, and he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind, so he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sawing on a fiddle and playing it hot, well, the devil, he jumped up on a hickory spot, and he said, Boy, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. Yes, you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player, too. And if you care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I'll bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it may be a sin, but I'll take your bet, and you're going to regret, because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, rising up your bow and play your fiddle hard, cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this All right, I can't ruin all of the whole song. I'm butchering it to the, the devil gets your soul. All right, so Charlie Daniels is with us. You know, you came out with this, never look at the empty seats. Right. And I have spent so much time with you. Uh Uh-huh. And we've done so many events together. And I've watched you perform so many times. And the thing is, you, I don't even know how old you are. You are doing 100 some odd dates a year. I'll be 81 in four days. You look amazing. Thank you. And the energy you bring to the people that come to your shows is phenomenal. I feel the same way about my profession you feel about yours. We both love it. Love it. And you you put your best into it every every yeah. day. I do every night and it's just it's a it's a joy. It's a joy to do. You know, it. I've actually been to events and and maybe the crowd size wasn't what we mm-hmm. thought it was. That's mm-hmm. happened well, to anybody, I guess, yeah. in performing, right? Yes. You know, sometimes you don't have enough notice, sometimes uh, the word didn't get out, they didn't promote it right mm-hmm. or whatever. And it used that used to bother me. I'm like, why didn't you fill the seats? Why is it in and then I learned it doesn't matter. If there's 10 people there, you give your all for you 10 people. You give your all for whoever's there. And you're not concerned with the empty seats. You're concerned with the ones that have people in them. And right. If you please them, then that's the way you build a following. They'll come back and bring somebody else with them and kind of snowballs. And yeah, but you don't ever hardly have empty seats. I saw oh, you I do. I have, occasionally. I, yeah, <laughs> we have some empty seats, yeah. Especially when we first started. This is about really, it's kind of an accentuate the positive type of thing. If you can't get what you want, take what you can get and make what you want out of it, you know. You you have uh, a lot of things that guide you in life. One is your faith, yes. your love of music, your love of football, mm-hmm. and you have a love of politics. You're, I, I watch you. You write your blog, and, and you go out, and you're tweeting up a storm, <laughs> and you're passionate about this country. You're I passionate am. about everything you do. What are you most passionate about, your music? I'm most, my, my priorities are God, family, and <laughs> and country music and country, yeah. God, family, country, and work. That's yeah. me, yeah. I'm curious because I, I know what a great patriot you are, and I know how much you love our troops. Mm-hmm. How many times did you go see the the men and women when they were out fighting? Uh, we've been to uh, we've been to Iraq three times, right? And we've been to Afghanistan, and we go. Of course, you go to Iraq, you go to Kuwait because that's a jumping off place. Sure. Kos- uh, we've been to Kosovo, uh, um, Sarajevo. We've been to Guantanamo, just all over the place. Wherever we can get to them, you know, we can never do enough for our troops. Anybody put their life between us and our enemies. 
How do you reconcile the great patriot, lover of our military, because they they give you the freedom to play, me the freedom to to rant on the radio and on television, um, and they put their lives on the line for us. How do you reconcile that with your passion for football? I know you like college football probably better anyway, but... What's going on in the NFL? You know, I've got, I've got I'm still kind of wondering if I'm going to redo my my season tickets next year. I I found myself and this no, is the just, Titans tickets, right? Yeah, this just happened that, that I I'm not as it used to be football was on. I had TV on, right? I've kind of it's kind of lost a little bit of its glow to me. And you know what gets me about it uh, is I. I you want to protest something, you feel something's wrong, please do. It's free country. You can do that. But the guy holding that or the gal holding that flag out there in that color guard may well be a veteran or maybe not even a veteran, maybe still an active duty person who has put their life on the line in Afghanistan, Iraq, or someplace we don't even know about. And you can't take 30 seconds mm-hmm. to honor them, the flag that they served under, and the song that signifies the whole thing in our country. You know, that's that's my point. And listen, I'm, I make my living, you know, giving my opinions right. and strong opinions. A lot of people don't like us, Charlie, trust me. And I respect people that have different views. Yes. I really do. I'm fine. I'm cool with it. Even people that don't like me and want to write horrible things and lies about me, which happens pretty much every day. <laughs> But how many, if we can't unite on this issue, Yes. how many fought, how many bled, how many died, how many sacrificed for you to have the right, right. to get paid millions to play the sport you love? Absolutely. And and be loved by the crowds. Yeah. You, you, you took the words out of my mouth. It took, I'm not watching NFL football. I'm watching college football. It's pretty good, too, isn't it? It's, oh, my. <laughs> you know, isn't it fun to, like, to ascertain the only the, the minuscule differences in terms of yeah. talent level? And then you think there's only a few of those college kids that are ever getting their pros, and I'm like, I think they're all good. Yeah, you know what's amazing is is, is you you get it. You, there's a whole mindset to college football you know, that you don't have when you watch pro. It's like these kids are doing it. They're 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 giving it their best. They're in they're love wanting to make it to the yeah. pros and to watch them. You know, Alabama should have to play in the pro league <laughs> after what they did to my Tennessee tight uh, Tennessee balls the other day. Yeah, but it's it's great. It's, college football is a great thing. I'm every Saturday I got TV. On. I don't know how Nick Saban does it every year. Every year this I don't guy puts either. a championship team on. The field. But I wish I did. I'd teach it somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. else. <laughs> so you're a volunteer fan. I'm a volunteer fan. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I admire that. What is it? How many years now is it total music for you? And were you musical when you were born? When you were young? I cut the apron strings in 19 uh, June of 1958 and I left home. That's all I've done since. It's something to do with music. How old were you then? I was uh, well. 1958 would have been coming to be 22 years old. I was 21. I that think, was it. You went out on your own. Never looked went, back. Went out on my own. Never looked back. And I've done it on all different levels, of course. But it's all been music related, except for five weeks. I worked in a junkyard in Denver, Colorado. How <laughs> <laughs> was that? I couldn't get with. Well, it was. It brought me very much down to earth. It made me realize, appreciate my. You know, I came from a, a labor type background, blue collar people. Same here. Tobacco and uh, timber, you know, that, that sort of thing. And so I was not. I was no stranger sweating. Yeah. I mean, I've done it, you know, and I, I got have empathy for everybody. I ride down the street and see the truck drivers unloading the trucks. I got empathy for that person. It's hard. Yeah. Those jobs, and I yeah. did all the construction work and restaurant work. I, I, but I'll tell you this. It was, looking back, I think it's it saved my life in a lot of ways because yeah. it gave me the empathy, the perspective, real-life experience and and you know, look. I mean, if if I get tired and I'm I'm grinding it out and on the road like you yeah. are sometimes, and I'm flying from I was in five cities in three days recently. You know, this past weekend, I have no reason to complain, Charlie. You're I mean, grounded. You're yeah, grounded. I mean, and, yeah. and a faith in God does yeah, that too. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, when you perform, mm-hmm. 
Is that the time that you feel the best in your life? It's one of the few times I ever feel like in my life that I know exactly what I'm doing. I have devoted my life. I know when you sit down in front of a, a microphone, you take on a whole persona. I mean, you're Sean Hannity yeah. on the air. Right. And it's very obvious that you're at home back there. Right. I'm at home when I walk on stage. Just the way you correlate the way you feel when you sit down behind that microphone, the, and that's the way I feel when I walk on stage. You know, it's funny because my kids, Charlie, they, uh, I have a studio near my house, mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, they'd come in when I'm doing the radio show from home. I'm in New York today, and they'd come in, and they're like, Daddy, you just you your veins are popping out of your neck, and you're screaming, and you. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, uh, let me do the radio show this way. Hi, welcome to the Sean Hannity Show, and our number is one eight hundred nine four one Sean. I said nobody's going to listen to that. No, but no. here's the interesting thing to me, and I want to know if you can relate to this. The first time I got behind a microphone, I did that. I just I started talking like this, right, you right, know. Yeah, and I have no idea why. I have no idea where that came because from. Because you're doing exactly what you want to do. That's what you. Put, that's when you put your whole heart and soul into it. When you're doing exactly, I would not change places, and I know you wouldn't either. Right. I'm, I'm looking no, you straight I, no, in the I, eyes. I, right I want to be no. Garth Brooks or <laughs> Kenny Chesney in my next life. There's or already Charlie there's already one of them. You can't be that. <laughs> yeah. But you're doing exactly what you want to do, and you put your heart and soul into it. And I'm the same way. The first, yeah. I, when I learned three chords and I could play a whole song, I was ruined. That's all I wanted to do. You know, one day I was with Billy Graham. It was his last crusade and it was in new york mm-hmm. it was in flushing and look he's he's very was old at the time isn't i think he's in his he's like headed towards 100 now yeah and he's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was rally time right and i watched him he it's like a force drove him up the stairs absolutely and behind that podium absolutely. and i watched you too and you, it's the same thing i watched with you all of a sudden you're just charlie you're taking pictures you're doing selfies and then it's game time and you're just like, let's go. And you start twirling that. It's time. That bow and boom, we're time to roll. Time to do it. What, um, what, did, what, did, what did, you're giving advice in this book. Mm-hmm. What do you tell people? The first thing I tell, you know, like young people ask me, you know, what about a music career and about how long you, longevity and this sort of thing. First thing I tell them, make sure you love it enough to put up with the sacrifices, to put up with the rejection, to put up with all the th- your failures, which you're going to do, and to put up with people just being mean to you, yeah. that you can put up with all of that. Because if you have any success, people are going to be jealous of you. They're going to try to bring you back down. If you can't do that, if you can't put up with those people, those situations, and those circumstances, stay home. It's not the business for stay you. Stay home. Play yeah. the lounges on the weekend. You know, don't come out on, don't come out on the road and break your heart because that's going to happen to you. Um, I think I've learned more from my failures than my success. You? Well, you do learn from your failures. It's like burning your fingers on a stove, you know. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's, it's like, true. I ain't going to do that no more. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Zach Brett, I heard Zach him Brown, singing yeah. The Devil the other day. Well, on, yeah. Serious. A lot of people sing. In fact, Garth Brooks opened yeah. the uh, Mercedes Dome in Atlanta. Yeah. And of all things, he did that went down to Georgia for his first song. <laughs> did he? I was very honored. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but you're, but the thing is, is because I know a lot of these countries, everybody loves you. You're like the father of country music now. I mean, I don't know if you ever, if, if you set out to have that happen. Why are you able to survive the temptations on the road? I mean, I've been out with these bands, Charlie. A lot of girls with a lot of, well, not so many clothes on, throwing themselves at these guys. A lot of booze. Some are doing drugs. You never got into any of that. Well, I, my career is is the thing to me. I'm, you don't go on the road to party. That's a common misconception. 
anybody has another thing you have to understand. If you're going to go on the road to party and pick up girls and that sort of thing, stay home. Yeah. Because you, that's you're not going to either. You can do that at home. Yeah. You know, don't go on the road and well, ruin your career. Maybe they don't like the girls in town, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen well, so many careers ruined from because of that drugs and yeah. But just it all it all kind of works together after a while. Yeah. People get alcohol habit or drug habit or they 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 just fall apart. It, they take their focus off of what they love, and all of a sudden they're doing stuff that. The they thing, don't like. but everybody thinks they're that you want to party with them in the city that you're in. I don't even want to party this- with me anymore <laughs> <laughs> so how many dates are you going to do this year we'll do 102 10 grand old opera appearances and a couple of charity things wow it, but you know it sounds like a lot and but actually i can handle that there's no problem 102 is a piece of cake for you basically it's not a piece of cake but it's about we're getting up to about the limit right there but yeah accounting at grand old, yeah. you know when you're a member of the grand old opera they want you to do 10 shows a year so i have yeah. so much respect for the for the this you, thing i do you know i got to MC that once yes sir that was an honor. Come, why don't you come back and do it again? I have. You come out and they didn't sing ask with me. me. <laughs> the Grand Ole Opry. No, Charlie, every time, listen, it was such a great honor. I would sing The Devil With You. Yes. And I butchered the song. It don't matter. It, <laughs> it don't matter. Did you notice? It matters was, to me. Did you notice I was leading the band? We were playing with you instead of you <laughs> yeah. having to sing with us. <laughs> I think you're probably right. There but, was one day I missed an entire, um, what's lyric? Verse. Verse. Yeah. I missed an entire verse of the song, and I'm like, and you look at me, you look at your band members, and you're laughing. And uh, there's nothing I could do at that point. But, Sean, do you realize what yeah. an incredible charge our crowds got? We, that was the last song we do, remember? It's always your and we end go, of the song. And we build up to that, and yeah. all of a sudden, Sean Hannity comes out. <laughs> and, gets, and you were like, you look like Garth Brooks. You're jumping on the mic stand, <laughs> jumping on the drum stand, running all over the stage. You yeah. know, that, that. but they got the crowd. got such. How many people got to hear that? Now, how many people? Only the people we played for. Yeah. You were live and got to hear Sean Hannity do Double Went Down to Georgia City. It's, by the way, I'll tell everybody, it's on YouTube. It's all over the place. That's good. And, and I have looked at it myself. You know, over these many years, um, it's been my honor. It really has to get to know you. And and every time I call just, Charlie, I need you for, we, we're raising money. We need you here. We need you here. We need you here. You were always there. Um, you have been a mentor, a life mentor, an example for all of us. I love your music. I love who you are more as a person than anything else. I love this book, by the way, Never Look at the Empty Seats, just out today. It's on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com. It's in bookstores everywhere. And it's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. God bless you always. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, Never Look at the Empty Seats, our friend Charlie Daniels. Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. All right, we have an amazing Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel. Sarah Carter, John Solomon, Victoria Tunsing, Greg Jarrett, and Jay Sekulow all back. We have massive developments as it relates to the dossier and the Uranium One issue. News you won't get from anybody else. We'll break it all down for you. All these new developments, and it's all coming up tonight at 9 on the Fox News Channel, Hannity. And we hope you'll always set your DVR. But that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for being with us. Back here tomorrow. See you tonight at 9. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 